0: go and make disciples you are entering the listen disciple repeat
1: podcast
0: welcome back to the listen disciple repeat podcast i'm your host nathan fan and today we have ryan and justin with us say hey guys good morning hey nathan Good to have y'all back I know we were we were out last week um, had some things going on so um, but we're we're back again we're back we're gonna get back into John uh we're at chapter five right now so we're moving along and uh, this one kind of goes into uh, one of the miracles that that is presented in the book of John to present Jesus as the as God um, in in the human flesh, but um, we'll go ahead and get started reading into it right now because there is a lot to unpack in here. Um, but the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, this is just to set the context here Jesus is coming into a a festival it's one of the Jewish festivals that took place in Jerusalem and there's a pool um it says through the sheep gate which the sheep gates actually mentioned in the old testament but uh it's it's one of the entrances um into Jerusalem and there's a pool there uh the pool of Bethesda and it so some versions of the Bible say, kind of like go into it. Some don't. It's, um, it, it kind of alludes to the fact that there was uh, like this superstition there about that the pool would, the, the waters would bubble. And so like they said, an angel would make the waters bubble and the first one into the pool would be healed from whatever ailment they were suffering from at the time. So, this this uh, lame man, um, we we get some context and uh, is like into how long uh, it says thirty-eight years. So the Bible is real specific on a lot of people's infirmities, kind of giving a good example as to how long um, was going on. But this this one kind of shows that uh, this guy had not always been this way. Uh, and that will play into some of the some of the story later on. Um uh, but so verse 1 says after this a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the sheep gate in Jerusalem where there's a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew um which has uh five uh colonnades. I'm probably not saying that right. Colonnades, colonnades, but it's basically a uh, like um, what am I thinking of? It's like balconies, like out covering this area. Uh, within, within these lay a large number of sick, lame, blind, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Uh, then the first one who got in after the water was stirred up, reco- uh, recovered from whatever ailment they had. Um... One man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew he had already been there for a long time, he said to them, he said to him, do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Um, So I wanted to stop right there. That You know is significant to me because this is almost like you could say is a representation of how a lot of people approach coming to Christ Um, you know for me I, I see a lot of people you know whether it's 38 years it takes them or whether it's you know in their teen years whenever they end up coming to Christ a lot of people you know, they get presented with the gospel message. They get presented with who Jesus is, but and and they know they've they've been sinning or they know they've they're on the wrong path. And you know, someone comes to them. Maybe maybe they are getting um, you know a message from God in some in some way. You know, and like Jesus says here, do you want to get well? Well, do you want to get saved? Do you want to get well? Um, do you want your sins forgiven, you know, from our context? <clears throat> and a lot of people are, are always kind of give some kind of excuse as to the reason why, you know, they haven't either come to Christ or why they're not living a certain way. I just thought that was interesting. If you want to look at it in, in that context, it, you know, it applies to our life today. Because um, this guy, He's been sitting here, and you know his. He, he's he's basically blaming somebody else. You know, he said, "I don't have anybody else to put me into the pool." Um, you know, and a lot of people also too. They they're like, "Oh, well, let me go do this. Let me get this right. I need to, you know, get situated before I, you know, come to Christ." And really, the best time to come to faith in Jesus is today. Uh, and then the Holy spirit will <laughs> indwell you and, and work in you to change your life. Um, but it doesn't work the opposite way. So do you guys have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it's, I, I love how they depicted this scene in the chosen. If y'all have seen that, cause it really brought it to life and it's, uh, my footnote says that the stirring up of that pool and that fountain, they still don't really know what caused that to happen. So I guess that's what made it seem like it had power or whatever you want to say uh, to the people that were there. But <clears throat> I totally see it from your perspective, Nathan, on you know, people making excuses, seeing that kind of in-between time of people making a decision for the Lord. Um, I also look at it as people that are stuck in strongholds, uh, stuck in maybe long-term, just difficult situations. Maybe it's, you know, they've been praying for uh, a lost sheep or a prodigal son child or a family member. Um, they've dealt with sickness or ailments. They've been praying and praying and praying and <laughs> praying and they're just, you know, I just. This is just such an encouraging segment of, man, even whether it's been five minutes or 50 years through Christ, you can still be freed and still have, you know, true healing and answered prayer through any of those things, which is still the good news. We don't always have the best answers on because our ways aren't the Lord's, right? But that's really what it spoke to me the most of is his timing is perfect. And just how he said, do you want to get well? It's never anything that's forced. You know, the Lord doesn't bully his way into your life. He wants to be involved with you. He's already chosen you. It's are you going to invite him in? And are you going to accept what he can do for you is the ultimate question. Whether that's for something specific or just answering that call of salvation in general, like you're saying.
0: That's a good point, Ryan. It's, um, it is our own free will. So, I mean, a lot, some people there, you know, it's a way too big of a topic to get into right now, but some people who think this idea of predestination or preordain, uh, which would be considered Calvinism, um, from John Calvin back, I I forgot what, uh, time, period this was, I I want to say it was like fifteen, sixteen hundreds, 1600s but uh, maybe that's totally wrong and I apologize Uh, but the way that I see it, I mean we do have free will, you know, Genesis 3 we made that decision you know, to eat of the fruit and cause the fall of man and you know, we willingly sinned against against God but he did preordain I think a good point, you know, like when you look at these ideas of predestination preordained when the Bible says these things, I mean God did made a, make a way for us if we so choose like because we are the chosen but we have to choose um, and that way is through faith in, in Christ, you know, that he made a way since the beginning for for us you know, to have our sins forgiven to to be for the Holy spirit to indwell us and to be know to have that relationship with God once again, um, if we've fallen away, but, yeah, but yeah, a lot think, of people, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was just going to say, you know, us as the body of Christ, man, the biggest thing in, in my opinion is we just need to try to lift up and encourage people for what, you know, towards their personal relationship with God. Right. Each of us are uniquely our own. We we are uniquely created. It's so crazy to think about all the billions of people God created and we're all uniquely different and he loves us all so much and has every hair on your head. And not because there's just so much comparison. Then you get into the whole like religion side of things when it's all about the relationship. And it's trying to how are we able to lead by example, speak into and encourage people to seek Christ. Because even, you know, I've, I've heard it said before where people have quoted Gandhi, where he said, I like your Jesus. I just don't, I like your Christ. I just don't like your Christians. So that just falls into mm-hmm. such a big part of it for what we're looking at from a, what are we choosing to do every day? Because even as believers that are born again, like right. us three, it, Right we have to still choose right. it, Christ every day. It, yeah,
0: I mean it is all about that relationship. You know, that's that is the main thing. That the faith in Christ, our relationship with Christ that allows the Holy Spirit to indwell us and to produce good, you know, manifest good works and good fruit and lead by example, be the salt and the light. And it's not about these man-made things of of religion um you know because a lot of people get that mixed up and and it drives unfortunately a lot of people away because they see i mean because we are not perfect you know we're all sinners um you know Romans 3:23 it, uh, i we said all it in a couple of weeks
2: i've mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and it's funny because i it just came up in my own bible reading a few days ago so i wanted to mention it talking about how my grandmother brought up that how you're sinful when you enter the world like babies are selfish and all this stuff and it kind of took me off guard a little bit when i first heard that but reading in psalm 51 david said um indeed in verse 5 indeed i was guilty when i was born i was sinful when my mother conceived me i had never heard that right or right, now if i had i never made that same connection so I was just like, well, there it is, about as black and white as it needs to go. That we're all born into the this sinful nature that way.
0: Right. I mean, from from Adam and Eve on, once they did that, I mean their seed was forever corrupted. Um, so we are born into this life of sin. But fortunately, God made a way, you know, he he gave us an out, you know, through Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for us. And it's so easy in the age that we live in now, or the, I should say, like the dispensation we live in now, the church age way of salvation. It's so easy for us, in theory, I guess, you know, um, to fully have that faith and what Jesus did for us, have that relationship, repent and, you know, be saved by his grace. But it's so hard. For for people to do that, um, even though this is the easiest way to salvation that there has been, <laughs> ever. Um,
2: sure, it's. <clears throat> I feel like there's a. There, we talked about it the other week too, but with the distractions, with how easy it is to live, there's so basically there's just endless ways of the world and the the enemy to remove that overwhelming sense of urgency of the need for a savior right because you look at it like ray comfort always likes to what he says dangle people out of an airplane and ask them you know are you going to put on the parachute or are you just going to flap your arms and try to save yourself don't put your faith in yourself put it in the parachute so you can land it right and your savior Um, And I think the world pads people with all this self-driven motive and mindset uh, that they just kind of get entangled in the rat race, man. And as long as they're not doing as bad as the guy to their right, but maybe a little bit better to the guy to their left, they feel like they're in good, they're in good shape because of just that. I just personally feel that comparison is just such a blindly justified way of living for the lost. And it's, well, I'm not, because you, you see people that just do regular street evangelism. Do you think you're a bad person? No, I'm not a bad person. I'm not that bad. You know, it's, well, I've done this, yeah, I've done I've that.
0: Yeah, I've seen you where know, he, I, yeah, I've seen where Ray uh, Comfort will go up and, and he'll say, oh, um, have you ever stolen anything? And he's like, well, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. even like something little, yeah. Okay, well, uh, have you ever lied or cheated? well yeah okay yeah have you ever hated somebody yeah uh have you ever you know lusted after a woman yeah or a man whatever whoever he's talking to and then he's like oh well according to uh jesus you know you're a murderer adulterer uh a thief like a fornicator all these different things and they're like oh i guess i'm not a good person then (laughs) it is kind of like right, right in your face but i mean, that is. It it does wake people up to the fact that a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, I'm good. I don't need anybody to save me because I'm fine. Um, it's like, oh well, maybe I'm not fine.
2: <laughs> well, the beauty and why I've I've watched Ray Comfort and them for years, and Kirk Cameron's done a lot of stuff with them, which I've always been a big fan of his. And but just I've always loved the simplicity of how just you know that's he Ray modeled that after what Jesus did with the with the rich young ruler that he met on the road, right? He shows them that we've all fallen short of God's standard, which is the 10 commandments. And Jesus changed the game when he took that to the thought life level, when he came and started his uh, ministry. And then it just, it shows the legal implications of it because God is holy, he cannot lie. He has to still produce justice because of sin, right? So it's you and I broke the law, Jesus came and paid the fine. That's the Bible summed up is how human hit, humans will be restored to God. This is, we are paid with death for our sins. The wages of sins is death. And then mm-hmm. this is how God defeated death and gave us the ability to have eternal life. It just splits it down the middle. Same with our timetable. So I just, I love seeing how he, he lays that out because even folks that don't maybe make a decision for the Lord, like right then and there in one of his segments, you still see where it, it kind of lowers yeah, the, the stigmas the a wheels little are bit. Turning. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like the humanistic side, that natural, uh, just like the instinct and the conscience of people starts to come out. And it's just like, maybe I'm not that, maybe I'm not a good person. Like, yeah, I have done all these things, but I love the transparency. It's like, well, I did too. And it always comes back to, well, Ray talks about, well, before I was a Christian, I had a soft, comfy, cuddly God, like a teddy bear that I could cuddle up to to say, oh, well, what I'm doing is not so bad. He's not going to condemn me for that. And a lot of people are living by that facade as well. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of pride in that. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, just people. Who, I mean, idols are everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, people, that they're essentially lying to themselves. They know that they're. You know they everyone lies and that kind of stuff in their in their some point in their life. Um you know, and that kind of thing and they're lying to themselves essentially, but there's a lot of pride that goes along with that, that you think that you're a good person. I mean, I mean Yeah,
0: I mean that's there's a reason why like John said in first at the very end of first John one said little children stay away from idols. Um, because I mean it's a huge It's a huge thing. We have idols in our life, and a lot of them seem like good things, but ultimately they can get us messed up.
1: Well, if your whole reference to what's good and what's bad and everything is the way the is is the world today, it's extremely skewed. You know, it's you're never you think you're good. Yeah, if you're going off, as long
0: as you're not. If you're going off like a human legal system, you know, I mean, just because something's legal doesn't mean it's holy that's what we were talking the other day and that's uh our preacher was talking about that i thought that was a pretty good way of saying it yeah um but you know it's so simple for us like i mean it is laid out simply in the bible it's just people try to make it complicated i mean a really good verse you know to to sum up like what we should do to fulfill you know what what's you know what so God, uh Jesus came and you know he didn't come to to take away the law you know he came to like basically he doubles down on it and Galatians 5.14 says for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor um, as yourself and, you know that, and that goes along with the I believe it's in Matthew if I'm not mistaken or you know love God and love your neighbor those are the, the commandments those are basically kind of the New Testament commandments um, but it, it fulfills every single one of the Old Testament commandments
1: <clears throat>
2: I would just say back on the passage for today to guys I mean short version don't put God in a box right just the longevity is just such a weighty thing of this guy's was disabled for 38 years. So one, if you were, if you're born into a situation, whether it is a physical or a health disability, or maybe it's a generational curse of addiction or abuse or all kinds of terrible things, right? You can be the chain breaker of that situation. Don't think, well, just because I've been in this, and this has been a part of my life for decades, for example, like in this case, that it's just too far gone. I've watched a lot of people stay in sin because it's like, oh, well, I've already come this far. You know, I'm already bad enough. I can't be forgiven. I've done too much bad things. Well, he, if he hasn't healed me by now, he's never going to heal me. Right. Uh, you know, just, just both sides of that spectrum. I would just, I mean, what Christ paid what they for think? on the cross was... For all death, for disease, for sicknesses, all these things that he can absolutely miraculously change people's lives from the inside out, whether it's interpersonal health, stronghold, sin, across the board. Now, we don't always have the best answers for maybe why God doesn't heal somebody, right? But we don't know what how he's using and working through that. I can speak from it from my dad almost dying so many times growing up. We He was given 18 to 24 months with cancer, and it'll be 13 years this October. He should have died way long ago, and, for, and that's just one of his health issues, right? So we've lived it as a family, but we've seen how the Lord has continued to work through that situation. Has he just been oops, zapped, oh, cancer free? No. He still deals with it but that's just that's just an example on that end so all that to say is don't lose hope and don't lose faith in what he's trying to do in and through your life and at the same time it's like have you really just asked or seeked a, a, him out in a real way in an intentional way to have him really reach out and work through whatever that situation may be for you specifically Right. Or we a just swallowed point, the pill Ryan. and accepted it.
0: <clears throat> that's a good point. I mean, don't underestimate the power of what Christ did for us. I mean, don't don't just say, you know, there's no way I can. Because I think a lot of people look at at look at it as a works based thing. Like they don't they don't. I mean, what can I do? Like I, there's no way I can earn my way to salvation. You know, there's no way that Jesus would accept me because I did this or that. Um, it's like no, he fully loves you and he fully accepts you if you come to faith in him. Right, you can't you can't uh, dude, him.
2: look at look at this guy. <laughs> this this guy's been sitting by the pool for thirty eight years saying, I can't I can't go over there. So I'm just gonna sit here until I rot and die, I guess. But Jesus walked in. Says during well, during that holiday week, <laughs> met him right where he was at, and didn't force it like we saw. But presented it, just like if you hear the Lord calling today, if you hear him knocking, answer the call. Today is the day of salvation. Like Nathan said, he seeks after everyone. He wants everyone to come to him to to receive the free gift. So this is another just clear. But people also don't believe that real healing and real miracles, like in this case, still go on anymore. They think a lot of this stuff is like taboo Old Testament situation. When there's some miracles all around us every single day, once they really open their eyes up to what creation is and how the Lord's intervening in people's lives, so yeah, don't put him in a box. Don't doubt. He created you. Yeah, one, Think about how many millions of cells it takes just for your eyeballs to work. Man can't recreate right. that. So
0: yeah, I mean, once your eyes, I mean, are opened, I mean, you you realize how much is actually going on that you're missing if if you're hardened to the world and. And you're not looking at it from that godly perspective. I mean, there is a massive amount of things going on in in my life and in other people's lives, and you can see how God's working and moving. But if you're not looking for it, you won't see it.
1: Yeah, well, I've always equated uh, it to like the the analogy that I used was, you know, <clears throat> as far as like getting out there, like you can't, you're not going to see the things like you said unless you're you're. In it all the time, and you're really trying to focus in on that. Um, but I equated it to kind of, and I think I said it before, but it's, uh, you know, if you go and you you buy a certain type of car or whatever, and then all of a sudden, when you're driving that car around, you, now you see that same car everywhere. But before, you never even, even realized how many there were. It's just like once it's once it's on your mind and you you're around it all the time, it's all of a sudden you recognize it all like everywhere. And it's the same kind of thing as far as uh you know keeping the lord and and, and everything yeah, there's in a the...
0: term for that but i forgot what it's called
1: yeah <laughs> yeah but it's just funny how that have i know we've all experienced that um but it's uh it's very true and that's why i always say like you know try to keep the lord and everything in the forefront of your mind because the more you do that the more you're going to see things in the world of, of him and and opportunities and you know places where you can witness to somebody that you might not have seen before or you know all all things like that
2: well there's so yeah. god wants to do so many awesome things through each of us he formed these plans and 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 wrote these plan and provisions that he has for us when he knitted us in our mother's womb and for folks that are already born again that are a part of the body of Christ This ain't a spectator sport, bro. This ain't a sideline, wave your flag and cheer on the guys at church. We're all a part of this body. There's not one part of our body that's less important or more valuable than the rest. I need my right hand as much as I need my left foot. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people, you just see It's like they punch their ticket. They make their decision for Christ and they just kind of sit back and wait on the Grim Reaper. It's like, well, yeah, you may go to heaven. You may sneak your way in. But it's like, but what are you doing from a kingdom standpoint? How are you really pressing into your purpose? And how are you taking that to other people so that they can really see? Because we are the hands and feet and the physical. We can show parts of the physical Christ that it lives through the Holy Spirit within us for other people to see on display. So that's for each person to kind of ask, how are you showing Christ through your daily life and your walk? Like I'm about to get married, right? When I say I do here in a couple of weeks, that's not the finish line. We're just
1: getting started, right.
2: right? Just like the day you get saved, it's not like, woo, I made it into the pearly gates. Hey, St. Pete, high five, buddy, on the way in, I'm done. You're just getting started. You just, you've just you just been born again. Well, babies ain't retiring when they come into the world. They're just starting to see life for what it is, right? So it's right. just perspective about your that. spiritual growth, yeah exactly so there's just yeah you want to start
0: eating the meat instead of drinking the baby milk you don't want to always just stay on the bottle you gotta you gotta dig in
2: he came to give life and to give it abundantly it doesn't mean we're promised trials we're promised tribulation it doesn't mean that you're gonna be healthy your whole life because we still live in a fallen world we're all still sinners but we still have such an opportunity to do so much. And when you look at it on the spectrum, and it's just perspective that helps me, it's like, man, even if I live to 100 is such a just a tick on the on the scale of eternity of what that will be. And just really seeing what the magnitude of all that is. And you start really looking at things from an eternal standpoint. It just changes your narrative with everything that you do. But man, I'm just as guilty as the next guy. The busyness of life clouds my mind. And it gets my eyes off the Lord. That's what I, I pray constantly for, Lord, renew my mind and keep my focus on you and try to take things hour by hour, step by step, because it's so easy to get distracted.
1: Well, the importance of all that yeah, too is I, I the agree. most opportunity for us to, to reach people is not just going to church every Sunday. You're going to be surrounded by a lot of Christians that are already saved when you go to church. The opportunity is very minimal. There, You can't just go to church every Sunday and then not do anything the rest of the week. We really need to make sure to read the Bible every day and, like you were saying, try to keep them on the forefront of your mind so you can, because the opportunities to really witness to the most amount of people is going to be during your week. It's not going to be on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, like I know you've said before, Ryan, is like you go there and it's almost like your time to let the preacher give you a message instead of you doing the work and reading it every day. Like you kind of get to sit back and relax and, and just enjoy being in the presence of the Lord and have Sunday be that rather than be your only source and your only, you know, uh, your, your only time you're getting anything from the Bible. You know, you need to make sure to do that every day.
2: Dude, it's, you've heard me say it before, Justin, in our Bible studies and stuff, man, it's a relationship. We all have relationships, right? Y'all are married. If Go spend an hour with your wife one day a week and see where your marriage will be. I'll tell you where it'll be. It'll be in the toilet. Yeah. So for anybody that that's all they're getting, it's like, dude, are you, you look around and it's like, well, no wonder everything's not going so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not shocked. I mean, every moment of my life when I've gotten to some of my lowest points, he was, the furthest away because i walked away from him he never moved mm-hmm. but i walked away from him he's always been there that's what breaks you down when you come back it's like oh
1: yeah well you're sitting there but, like we said yeah. before you're sitting there digging a hole looking down digging a hole you keep digging a hole even further and then you look up and he's still standing there at the top of it with his hand reached out like just i'll pull you out whenever you want me to I'm like i'm still right here keep digging if you want to but i'm right here but we're ready to pull you out and it's just you feel like an idiot yeah
0: that's that's a good segue into uh because i do want to finish up this little verse of scripture here but yeah. um verse eight of chapter five he says you know jesus says get up pick up your mat and walk and instantly the man got well picked up his mat and started to walk after 38 years uh i had the after 38 years part um it says, now, in that day, or now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, this is the Sabbath. It's illegal for you to pick up your mat. Uh, and he replied, the man who made me well told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who is this man that told you, pick up your mat and walk, they asked. But the man who was cured did not know who it was, but Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple complex and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin anymore, so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that this was Jesus who had made him well. Um, you know, t- tough love <laughs> from Jesus. I mean, we, we do kind of get this picture, at least as far as I've grown up in the church, of you know, Jesus as the lamb, you know, in his first advent, he is, you know, as as this picture of a little bit softer, kinder Jesus. And I think it's even more personified in our culture today of this. But I mean, truly, Jesus was, you know, doing some things that were right in your face and not so nice. I mean, but he wasn't sinning. I mean, he's doing this for a purpose. Uh, You know, and he's telling this guy, uh, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Like I mean, he's he's uh, showing some tough love there. Well, as what you need. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. Um, and I wanted to get into because this will probably take us into the end here. Um, it says, "See, you are well." And Jesus said, "Do not sin anymore, so that something doesn't something worse doesn't happen to you." And you know i looked this up um if anybody i know i've mentioned it before on the podcast but if anybody has any questions and they want to see scriptural references to it um, a good app to download or you can go to it online as well as it's, uh, it's called gotquestions.org and basically any biblical question somebody has writ- written a paper on it and cross-referenced it with scripture and um so it's a really good resource, and I, I use it a lot for classes and different things I teach. But I was looking up, you know, they had this question that people had asked about, well, why did Jesus tell people to go and sin no more if if sinlessness is, is impossible? And it goes into, you know, there's kind of two instances in the New Testament. One is this one with the lame man at, um, in John 5, and then the other one, this listed is in John 8 with the adulterous woman. Uh, similar issue. Um, you know, Jesus told her, he says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Um, and the point is, is, I mean, if we're saved by Jesus, it's not that we can never sin, but we shouldn't be living this life, you know, this blatantly obvious like living in sin life we should repent you know it's not just yes I have faith in Jesus I'm saved by his grace uh, but I'm going to continue to do uh, these I'm, I'm going to continue to live a sinless life because now nah, I don't have to live by the law because so, I'm good I'm saved um, if you're truly saved then you should not want to live and sin you you it you know we we went over this in a whole podcast at the beginning and on the repentance podcast repentance is not i mean a lot of different interpretations but the way that the best one that we could find it it is a change of mind so by accepting you know jesus fully surrendering allow the holy spirit to indwell you it will change your mind it will change it will it will allow you to change your life in a direction that is not living in blatantly obvious sin. Now are we going to sin daily is uh, you know are we going to have thoughts that are sin thoughts? Are we going to yes, we're human. We're going to sin while we're living in this in this human existence, but it's not like you can just keep sinning. I mean, am I making sense on that one? I mean, that's, that's how I,
1: yeah, it changes your whole perspective on, you know, know, I I know we've said it, but it's, it's kind of like you, you end up sinning before, and then you don't really really, like, you don't think about it as bad, or you don't think about it as, I'm really doing anything wrong, or whatever, and then once you are truly saved, those same things, you have all the guilt in the world afterwards, you're like, why did I do that? Like, I feel horrible, and it's, you, you, your perspective of what's right and what's wrong, what you shouldn't shouldn't be doing, is is very clear. You know when he told him to, you know, go and send no more. First of all, I don't know what else he would tell him. He's not like he was telling anything different than don't sin. But what he's really trying to say is try not to sin as much as you can. Essentially, like he knows we we can't just not sin, but i think it's probably the best way to put it as far as like well, acts, to try not to acts anymore.
0: 319 yeah. acts 319 says repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out um so i mean that gives i mean that puts it into context that yeah we we will continue sinning um but it you know we we come, we ask for forgiveness. You know, we're we're renewed. Um, our sins are blotted out. But it's not like we're if we're truly saved and we truly have, you know, are led by Christ. Um, we have the Holy Spirit. Like we we shouldn't be doing. You know, our hearts will not be hardened anymore. We'll become aware of the sins that you know and just like you said Justin i mean there you you're going to be like you're going to do things and then you're going to be aware you're going to have that conscience with with you know which god gave us that's going to keep us from continuing to go down that path i mean we we take care of it we do whatever we need to do we we bring it to to god he forgives us but we're not just constantly living in the sin and the you know that and and we don't notice it i guess
1: yeah yeah i think and and just the this the whole thing of trying your best to make that like a something you strive for every day is to sin as little as you can and and not go back to things you used to do and all that kind of stuff you have a better sense of direction um you know and make that you're very intentional about not sinning and that's really all we can do is just try to be as intentional as we can about it and will still fall short, but that's, you know, that's why he did what he did.
0: I mean, this is, this is what, um, when I looked it up on got questions that, to reference their little part of, of what they give here, it says in saying, go and sin no more. Jesus was speaking of a, of sinless, of sinless perfection. Oh, sorry. Jesus was not speaking of sinless perfection. He was warning against a return to a sinful, to sinful lifestyle choices. Right. His words both ex- extended mercy and demanded holiness. Um, Jesus was always the perfect balance of grace and truth. And it says, With forgiveness comes the expectation that we will not continue in the same path of rebelliousness. Those who know God's love will naturally want to obey him. Um, John fourteen fifteen says if you love me you will keep my commandments uh, so it, it's I think that's a pretty good representation of what Jesus is talking about here when he tells the guy you know don't don't sin anymore yeah. as well as the adulterous woman
1: yeah well and it's just don't don't be blind to sin I mean is kind of how I think about it but it's yeah I mean it, it is just kind of Intentionally trying to live the best life that you can how he would want you to live and I, I pray for that every time I pray I, I pray for that Because um, that's that's such an important thing on, on you know, just your daily walk Well
2: yeah. <clears throat> You will know them by their fruit <clears throat> and a, a good application for us to all self-evaluate is if you, and it's something that's helped me a lot and Justin's heard me say it. If you got the opportunity to see your normal closest people that you're around, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your normal people you see on a daily to weekly basis, if you got to stand on the backside of the, of the one-way glass there and I sat down with him being a complete stranger and just asked him, and we'll use, you know, John Smith as the person, say if we sat down with all of them and said, Hey, is John a Christian? What would they say? I don't care to know, but you should care to know if you think about your, your spouse, your siblings, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, because what would each of them say about you personally? And that shows you how much of the hands and feet you're really being just with the people around you, you know, uh, friends don't let friends drive drunk. Well, Friends don't let friends go to hell without hearing the gospel. Have you ever just mentioned anything? Mm -hmm. That would be my takeaway with it, just from the influence standpoint. But you know, our sin is what separates us from God because He is holy; can't be in the presence of sin. So when if people are truly born again, yes, we still fall short. But if we're out living in and of the world, just like everybody else, and we need to turn around and have a a a true come-to-Jesus meeting in that sense. And if it is somebody, you know, we're not to judge the world, right, because they're outside of the faith, but we are in love supposed to confront a brother or sister in Christ if they do have a backsliding moment or something like that, 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 you know, because go and sin no more. Well, when you're proclaiming to be in the body of Christ and a Christian, we are supposed to stand apart, from the world, you should be shining in a dark world. You're not gonna be cool, man. You're not gonna be doing what everybody else is doing. You're not gonna be hanging out, watching, talking, going to, acting like most people. I'm sorry, it's just not how it is. We're the minority across the board, regardless of where you're from or what you look like or how tan or pale you are, it doesn't matter. Harsh, Ryan, harsh. I'm pretty pale right no, now. I I, coming out of wintertime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I agree. I mean that's it, yeah. I mean especially in this world, you're not you're yeah. It, what you just by going with what the Bible says. I mean, it's not you're not going to be
1: popular. No, you um, should be a guiding light for what the Lord wants us to be. You know, to to try to direct people towards Him. That's the whole point. <clears throat>
2: Yeah. I would just say, you know, as another takeaway, just look at your circle, you know, who's in your circle, who can you talk to, who can you trust, who is in your, are people in your circle? Are they, are they bringing you towards Christ? Are you leading them towards things that are good, that are of God, that are biblical? Is there some bad eggs that maybe you need to trim out? Uh, we all go through those things kind of work themselves out naturally as you are truly seeking after the Lord because you will part. It's okay because some people are just meant to be in your life for a season, but make sure that, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with are truly solid, good examples and godly people because misery loves company and people, you know, it's, much easier for them to get you to stumble than for you to get them all saved, I mean, because we are natures of our sinful flesh uh creatures I should say of of that nature, and you know that's again from an application standpoint that that's real stuff that is affecting you every day, so you know that's something everybody's got to constantly keep an eye on
0: well put yeah. well guys, running out of time we are uh at the we're at the end of another great podcast. Um, uh, so, uh, Ryan, you want to close us off in prayer real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, that's probably where we'll end off and we, we can talk about what we're going to do as far as next week, but, um, I don't know if we'll do another one in John five cause there is a little bit more to go, uh, or we'll, we'll hop into chapter six, but, um, so Ryan, you go ahead and close this off in prayer, real quick.
2: Yeah, happy to, guys. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just come to you. And we just with uh, with full hearts. Just encourage, Lord. Uh, you you are the chain breaker. You you've done so much in all of our lives. I just pray anybody out there listening that they will truly just seek after you um, in, in a real and intentional way, Lord. Just with whatever it is, whether it's health related, whether it's strongholds, if it's family, if it's friends, just to have the confidence that you can pave away for regardless of the circumstance, you're greater than that. Greater is he that is in you than is in of the world. And I would just pray over those people just for encouragement, for uh, just for motivation and to boast in you, Lord, and what you can do. Uh, we just thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to be able to do this podcast, just as we're, uh, we're going out, just takeaways to, for us to represent you well, for us to be a light in the in the dark world that we do live in, and for folks just to see a little bit of Christ through, through our actions and through the life that we lead and just help us all to be better representations of you and to honor and glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. See ya. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. Please like or subscribe on Spotify or Apple iTunes. And as always, go and make disciples.